Well, hello and welcome. This is Story You Talk Radio, and I am your host, Coach Debbie. And it is always a delight to spend this hour with you. I want to thank you for reserving this time to spend it with me. I do my very best to bring you topics that will support the stories you are living by, the stories you are writing, the stories you want to create, the stories you're trying to make peace with. I mean, our whole life in in a very interesting way (laughs) stitches together these many, many stories that we have going on. And sometimes we play a lot of stories in our mind simultaneously. And then sometimes we feel sort of vacant from any story. We, we feel like not much is going on at all. We can get in these dramatic shifts and we can also experience tremendous overwhelm from stories. So you don't have to be a writer Uh, to enjoy this show, because I really do my very best to apply it to real life circumstance beyond the writer's life. But I do my very best also to make sure that my writers and speakers and philosophers that are going out in the world and sharing their story from some sort of stage are really being served here as well. So with that said, we're going to talk today about the whole notion of being really, really, really busy. And I bring this up because so often when people call me up and tell me that they want to work in my mentoring program, that they want to write a book or a blog or a TED Talk or something. And we get in the conversation and they say, well, you know, but my fear is that I'm far too busy. I've uncovered something pretty, pretty interesting around that. And that is most of us have created very busy lives, but it's because not, not that we want to be so busy, because we're pretty afraid of the things we actually want to create. I know that sounds weird. You know, if you want to build a house, are you afraid of building a house? Well, there's plenty of people that have the skills to build a house at least to some capacity, but they're afraid for very good reason that a contractor won't come through, the timeline won't work out. There are a hundred thousand things that could go right. And there's a hundred thousand things that could go wrong. So we're not, we're not bad in any way to fear that the thing we want to create could be kind of scary at some point in the journey. You know, we're not bad for having that thought, but at the same time, if that thought is completely running the show, we're bound to get busy with other things to kind of cover up all that fear. And then when we're 110 and people are asking us, 
weren't you going to build a house back there when you were a young man? You'd have to say no. Uh, no, you you misremembered. You're you're an old fuddy-duddy like me. You've got it all wrong. Or you'd have to say, oh, I, I tried that, but uh, it's harder than you think. So I... I, uh, I ended up having a lot of other busy stuff to keep me occupied. And the same is true with writers, and the same is true with parents, the same is true with non-parents. Uh, I, know, I know couples that have had grand plans about how they were going to go to another country on the other side of the world and adopt a child at you know, the age of one day to six months and bring it home and all, all, all these plans, all these great ideas. And you check in with them 10 years later and they say, ah, well, we're, we're far too busy. And um, sometimes I think that means we got pretty scared along the way. And so we've busied ourselves with other things. Again, it's not bad to busy yourself, but you might, you might want to stop and just chill out for a moment if the truth is that the thing you talked about, building a house, writing a book, adopting a child, whatever it is, whatever it was you were talking about, if you still really want that, if you still really want to be a creator in that, you're going to have to let go of busy and you're going to have to stop creating ways to get busier and busier and busier right when you're on the brink of great opportunities. Now, I didn't understand this for a good eh, 40 years, I'd say. <laughs> I really didn't understand this. So I was optimal at creating busy schedules and living them out and believing in all of the things that I thought needed to be done and that took tremendous priority. I also got myself into many situations where I was locked in for a good amount of time, you know, maybe on a work project where travel was completely out of the question for a while. I'd get locked into things and very, very busy. And unfortunately, that meant if anything came up, if any opportunity came my way that I really and truly wanted to say yes to, from that, from that vantage point of being so busy, I could not see through all the, all the stuff I had created to drop what I had created and go do the opportune thing. It just wasn't a clear path for me at all. So knowing that I do that, it doesn't surprise me that sometimes people come to me and they want to write a book or start their podcast or get that TED Talk going or whatever it is they want to create but then early in the conversation, they let me know, I'm, I'm actually far too busy to do this. Let's take today and turn this around. And I really mean turn it around. Take a real sharp 
180 hairpin turn away from the notion that busy is going to serve us and get into the other energy. And that is the energy of being creative, really being in that flow of what is it like to imagine something and create it. And like I said, I want to take your questions. If you're writing a book, a blog, a brand, a podcast, TED Talk, a film, anything. If you're thinking about building a house, going on vacation, uh, adopting a child. That, that just came to me before the show. If, if you're about to do anything, become the new owner of a sailboat, a house, uh a tower, um, a, I don't know. What is it? What is it you, you're thinking you really want to do? But then when you look at your life, it's plain and clear to you that you've got so much going on, you don't think you can do it. There, there's real contrast in that. I really have a desire to create X, but I'm too busy. Well, too busy is always going to win. So we've got to kind of deconstruct all that and really look at, you know, that relationship of fearfulness and busy. Treat it sort of like it's a rubrics cube because we want to transform the thinking that has gotten you away from your creativity and that's probably taken you into more of a nerve-wracking way to live. Again, I say this with loads of experience doing it, loads of experience being ultra busy. And I can remember a turning point about 10 years ago, 2011, when I really turned it around and went, I, I not only can't imagine how I can keep all this busyness going, but I don't want it. And boy, there's a lot of relief when you realize this construct you have built to keep yourself safe and to keep it looking like you're not really scared. You're just, you're just overworked. It, it's really a relief to say goodbye to it all and to say hello to your life and to be more courageous about the things you want to create. I mean, I'll tell you, when I, when I started thinking about a radio show, I really knew which one I wanted to go to first. It was this one. And I picked up the phone and I called someone I, I really like and respect. And I just asked her, would you have a 20-minute conversation with me? I have some ideas. I think I want to walk down to KKNW and ask them if they'll give me a, you know, a commuter spot on the radio. I think I really want to do that. Would you have a conversation with me and help me flesh out some ideas so we can see if I'm you know, a nutcase, or if I'm actually in a 180 degree opposite energy flow of that, am I actually 
really ready to create something here. And well, you're seeing the results of that. And that's how things work. We, we have to see that while living, living in the black and white of our life uh, can be full of extremes, there are times for sure when we've walked ourselves into an extreme corner of our life and it doesn't serve us. And the only way we're going to really thrive again is if we can find our way almost as far into a different extreme that serves us in an extraordinary way. And again, mellow into a balance so we can get our momentum and our flow and our energy back, a reliable, consistent source of energy that's not always pouring in or completely turned off. So what are your questions around this? What are you trying to create? What is it that you've started to create and now mm, you're a third of the way through, you're half the way through, it's looking kind of scary to you. Let's talk about that. You can call in here. We can have a conversation about it. The number is 1-888-298-5569. You can also write to me on Facebook Messenger. I have it open right now. And uh, I will be taking, where's your name? Maria. I will be taking Maria's question first, but there's plenty of time for your question. So feel free to send a message on Facebook Messenger. My name is Debbie Handrich. Debbie is D-E-B-B-Y and Handrich is H-A-N-D-R-I-C-H. You can also write to Coach Debbie on Facebook and that's D-E-B-B-Y. So before we head off into our first break, I want to just tell you that while there's something simple about realizing that busyness is really a, a cover-up for, for fear, um, it's, it's not necessarily easy to stop the hamster wheel. It's almost like trying to get off the roller coaster in the middle of its run. It's almost trying to escape a mind game that you're not in any way proficient at. A lot of people are busy because they're, they're not aware of how addictive it can be to, to just stay in some busy cycle um, they're not they're not aware of what busyness is doing to the body or doing to the mind. Busyness is deeply rewarded in many, many cultures. And if you live in the West like I do, it's deeply re 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 <laughs> rewarded. If you live in a city like I do, it's even more rewarded than if you live in a, a rural area. So 
we have to come up against those that are going to think we're non-productive if we're not busy or that we just don't care if we're not busy. And the truth is that we care about all kinds of things. We're really, 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 really good at keeping up our to-do list and staying scattered and a bit burdened and over-fulfilled with duties and things like this. But what, what would it be like to just say, I'm feeling scared. I really know what I want to create, but I'm feeling scared. I'm feeling nervous about going forward. And oh my goodness, look at all these other things that I could do with my time. And boom, you're in it. And 50 years later, you're wondering how to get out of it. I know you relate to this. (laughs) I talk to people every day about this. So if you want to send in that question, remember, you're not alone in this. It, it feels really, really naked to start to admit, oh, this is not serving me. Uh, but I would be happy to take your questions and give you a little coaching right here. And we keep it very anonymous. I just, I just released your first name. There's probably 10 million other people that have that first name. So no worries there. If you want to write in, I welcome that. We're going to take a break and we will come right back. Stay tuned. Hi, this is Lisa Downs, host of Reigniting You, the show that takes a positive, forward-looking approach to mid-to-late career transitions for Gen Xers and Boomers every Wednesday afternoon at 3 o'clock Pacific. Whether you're looking to stay in the traditional workforce, do your own thing, or retire or semi-retire, Reigniting You is your source for career transition advice, inspiration, and insight for what's next in your career and life. Join me Wednesdays at 3 o'clock to get re-energized, recharged, and reignited. I'm Nathan. Mom, and I'm the host of Tech Time Radio. Tech Time Radio is officially on KKNW from Saturdays from 4 to 5 p.m. You can listen to our show live. We are excited to also then rebroadcast our episodes on Thursday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. The hosts cover top tech stories, the funny spin. That's good. Hooked so, on phonics worked for you, didn't it? <laughs> Just a little bit. Grab your weekly technology without having to geek out. Yeah, I can imagine. We talk technology for the everyday common person. Make us part of your daily routine. Alternative Talk, 1150. And welcome back to Story You Talk Radio. I am Coach Debbie. I am in the Seattle areas and I help people write their first, second, and third time adventure, whatever that is. It might be something fictional. It might be something very professional. It might be your podcast, it might be your blog, it might be your TED Talk. This is, if you're listening live, springtime. We just sprung forward one extra hour we have um we have officially stepped into the the equinox i believe it's called of spring maybe it's not called that but you know what i mean 
March 21st has come and just passed. So this is that season when you bloom, when you take all of that nutrient from underground, from in the quiet space that you've been creating, and you bloom. And for those people that are ready to really show their rose petals to the world, I would love to support you. I have a evergreen program for writers, for podcasters, for creators of all kinds. We meet for about 90 days, and it's certainly not every day over 90 days, but you get the sense of that. And what we're doing is we're bringing that thing into creation. You won't necessarily have the final version. Um, You know, I've been doing radio for nine years. I don't have a final version of what I think my show should be. But I do have a version in which I love to show up in every Thursday. And that's what I help you create. I help you create the first draft of your book. I help you create the sev- the first several segments of your podcast. I help you write the draft of your TED Talk and really get into what are going to be the main points, how you're going to bring your story into it. We go deep in those 90 days. And this is for someone who feels that they are courageous, who feels that they really want it to happen this year. You are the person who typically says, I've been thinking about doing this for a long time, and now is my time. Now is my time, and I want to claim it, and I want to go for it. You tend to be the client that I work with. And that really falls into the topic that we're talking about today. You might be a person who's been busy for quite a while, and Busy people have good reason for being busy. There's been some fear and our busyness keeps us out of having to create things. So we talk about that as well. We get into the practical side. We're into the spiritual side. We're into the momentum that keeps you going, the habits, the routines, and you get some one-on-one time with me as well. And you can always upgrade for a very substantial amount of one-on-one time if you prefer. Then there are others who would like to go straight into a one-on-one mentoring program. And I do have one seat left for that. So six seats for the group program, one seat for the one-on-one program. I like to start in April, but if you're anxious and you want to start tomorrow, well, just get a little message on over to me. Take note of what we're talking about today because it will give you a little head start. And if you ever want to be in any of my free classes I tend to offer them on Fridays. They are open to the public. And all you have to do is send me an email or a note and say, I want to come and I'll send you an invitation. And they're a lot like this show. 
we spend an hour together and then you get some time for Q&A. So Maria has written in. She's been listening to this topic where we're really looking at the notion that our busy schedules, our to-do lists, they tend to cover up the fact that we're a little afraid sometimes about creating something new. It's not that you're not normal uh, to create a busy schedule. I would even say that it's very normal to create a lot of busyness. I can also tell you that I was a master at doing it until it got to be too much, until I was wearing my shoulders down to the bone and I was wearing my marriage down to the bone and I was so tired from working 14 and 16 hour days, but I didn't see any other way. I really didn't. I had figured out how to be so busy and protect myself so well from the things I wanted to create that there was no way I could see possible to release all the busy commitments I had made. It was a scary time in my life and I missed out on some things that I really wanted to be a part of. But I also did a really good job making sure that the things that scared me fell way into the background. And that's one of the unfortunate things that we do. But if you want things that way, getting busy is a great way to make it happen. If you want, however, to be imaginative and creative, releasing that busyness and learning how is gonna be your number one goal. And I'm really good at letting people know not only that it's possible, but that by following me and getting into some of this free content and then making decisions if they want to join any of the programs, they will be supported in a completely new lifestyle. We take a, a big 180 turn away from just being monotonous and way too busy. So Maria has written in and I would I would like to offer a little coaching to Maria here. First want to say, Maria, let me get a sip of water. That your story really intrigued me. It's also just a tad bit long. And I I never want to discourage anyone from writing lengthy pieces. You can write on and on for days if you care to, but please don't be offended if I um, just take parts of your writing to share with the audience here. So Maria is writing in and saying, um, Dear Coach Debbie, it was hard for me to recognize that I was scared. I always thought of myself as someone very creative and not very practical but lately I've been opening up to being more willing to see what is true. I don't see myself as a professional. I'm more of a watercolorist by nature. I also make jewelry. I'm a very good cook and I'm a very good homemaker. Then when I drop down a little ways here, Maria, you say, while I know my family and friends rely on me a lot, 
there is time that needs to be spent to refuel. I love this word to refuel my energy so I can continue as a painter. It's big of me to call myself a painter. I'm much more comfortable with the term homemaker. I'm even comfortable saying I'm a good cook. But to say I'm a painter means that I make time for it. And right now I don't do much of that, but I want to. So how do I step into not being so busy and be more of a painter? P.S. Most of my busyness is to attend to other people's needs. Oh, now, Maria, you could have, <laughs> I know I skipped through some of that, but you could have left your letter and, and forgot to tell us that your busyness is to benefit others. I am so glad you remembered to put that in there because what that tells me is that you are one who naturally gives your energy. You have imagination and creativity in you. It's not going on a regular basis, it sounds like, to your watercoloring, but it's going on a regular basis to the people around you. No foul for that. That's a beautiful thing. On the other hand, in your letter, I, I just feel this tone of craving, a craving to scrape away some of that time that might be going to others and to give it to watercolor. So if you were sitting in front of me, I'd be asking you, what, what kind of feeling comes up? And my guess is that you sort of feel a little guilty, maybe, thinking that to do your watercoloring might mean you have to do less for others. And it might mean that, and it might not mean you have to do less for others. It might mean if you continue to do as much for others, you have to do it in a shorter amount of time. And I don't know if that's possible or not. But what I do know is that this desire you have, this craving, it's not going to go away. If you've ever had any kind of addictive quality inside of you, I can tell you I've, I've been stuck on sugar since I had a memory bank. I, my whole life, I remember being stuck on sugar. I only did my first 90 days in my life this year, no, it was 2020, last year, um, of having no sugar. And, and it, was, it was a big deal. I had never done it before. Addictive qualities come and pull on us when we try to do things differently. So for some, like me, it, it's sugar. For a friend of mine, uh, when he tries to do things differently, uh, he goes from having a few cigarettes a day to having several. Another friend of mine, when she wants to do things differently, especially uh, like you, get really creative, get into her painter mode. Um, if she can't, if she can't justify it, 
she'll often just go to bed. She'll just crawl into bed at 7.30 at night. And, and that's a time when she could be creating. But instead, it really is tiring to her to have to even think about it. And so early to bed, early to rise, try again tomorrow sort of thing. And, you know, I haven't known this person that I'm speaking of right now for much time at all. Uh, so I don't know how long that quality has been in her. But I can tell you, Maria, that you owe it to yourself to have the time you need. And it might be that you know that to be the painter you want to be, you need a certain amount of hours. So let's say right now that you can't necessarily have all those hours but you could have half those hours. Or maybe if that still seems too big, because I, I recognize that if you're saying you're a homemaker, there's probably a, a spouse and children. Um, what about having 25% of the amount of time it takes to be a watercolorist at your disposal right now? What about going to your spouse or to your children and letting them know that for 45 minutes in the evening, you're just going to go to that special place in the house and be creative and you'll be back. You'll be back. I think a lot of people have a hard time getting their creative time because they don't communicate well with those around them that are used to having so much time bestowed on them from their creative spouse or their creative mother. And so they come and interrupt the creative person. So if, if you are not setting out just some guidelines and requests to have your time at your easel or wherever you go, you probably won't get it. It does take some courage and it does require you to step into a new energy. And if you were to, for example, be in my course, we would be going deeply into what that looks like. Right now, we're just kind of skimming the surface. And I would say that one, you deserve this, even if there's a guilty voice inside of you saying, I can't see how it's going to happen. Two, you're going to need to kindly, because you're a kind person, communicate what you are up to and assure these people that in, you know, whatever amount of time, 45 minutes, one hour, you will return. They're not to disturb you during that time because you will return. Um, if you can just bite off those two things, you are going to be well on your way into creating more and more time to be a painter. And I am so glad that you said, I'm a painter. Because Maria, what you are doing is you are wearing your identity. A lot of people will say, I want to be a writer. I want to be a cook. I want to be a painter. Here, you are claiming it. And that is a big part of actually making time happen for you and letting 
letting that busy schedule take a major shift. It might shift slowly because you have others to answer to and you have others that are conditioned to have you do things a certain way. But I just want to tell you, if you want to create, if you want to bring something in the world, the time is here, but you're going to have to communicate about time in a new way. It's kind of on your shoulders in the beginning. You're going to have to communicate about time in a new way. And then you will find there is some time to paint. And because you have some time pretty soon, you're going to find you have more time. Maria, I hope that serves you. If there is anyone else that would like to write in or call in, I am taking your questions and offering coaching today about the notion that often when we're really, really busy, it's become a wonderful gatekeeper for our fears, but we can turn that around. So write in if you have a question. Otherwise, come back after we take this quick break, and I'm going to give you five tips. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Marilyn Milano. If you love animals, then please check out my new show, Love Has Many Faces, Tuesdays from 9 to 9.30 a.m. right here on Alternative Talk 1150. I'll be talking with rescue groups, animal advocates, and other organizations that help animals, sharing their stories, and giving our listeners some tangible ways in which they can help make a difference. That's Love Has Many Faces, Tuesdays at 9 a.m. right here on Alternative Talk 1150. Raising awareness, touching hearts, and saving animals' lives. Miss a show on KKNW? Check out 1150kknw.com for podcasts of many of our programs. That's 1150kknw.com. Welcome back to Story You Talk Radio. I'm your host, Coach Debbie, and I'm walking you through the process here of laying down your busyness and becoming creative. Most of us really love being creative. But if we attach certain judgments or critiques of how it's all supposed to turn out, we find ourselves getting pretty scared about being creative. And then before we know it, we've got a loaded up busy schedule, very, very busy schedule. And then if we even wanted to be creative, well, we have too many commitments to even get it started. Maria really took us uh, with her letter into some of the themes that people get blocked with. And one thing that we kind of uncovered in that was just recognizing when we're truly scared to stop being busy because it does mean we're going to have to find ways to step back into being creative. And when we also make that decision that we know we want to be creative, we know we want our time to be spent there, we, we also see that it's, it's not going to be perfect. It might have a, a practical need about it, but it might not. It might just simply be like Maria was claiming. 
she wants to paint. I often would say, I just want to cook. I just want to go in the kitchen and cook and not be rushed and not feel like I have to just finish it in 20 minutes because I've got 95 essays I need to grade when I'm done. That that was too difficult for me. You know, 20 essays, sure, but 95, it got to be too much. So those early stages of recognizing that once we've started to get busy, we might find ourselves under this mound of busyness that's hard to shed or, or crawl out from under. What we have to do is realize it's up to us to be the communicator of the change. What is it that we're willing to change? Again, you're not going to get the perfect scenario overnight. You're not going to go from having zero time to be creative to having a, a loft apartment across town with 30 hours a week where nobody bothers you. That, that kind of thing doesn't happen in a 24-hour time frame unless you're part of the whatever percent that it does happen to. And believe me, it's small. <laughs> so, so know that the process of going from being extremely busy to having your creative zone will require in those early stages that you be communicative about the change, about the changes you're making. You know, I, I'm going to work in this room for one hour, but after that hour, I'll be back. That's one bit of advice I gave to Maria. You'll, you'll have to communicate with your people about the change. Otherwise, they're going to wonder what's going on and they're going to be jealous of the change or they're going to retaliate around the change. So be very communicative about what this is you want. Another thing is to notice that you, you are responsible for how willing you're going to be around getting new help. Most of us can't make a change from being extremely exhausted or extremely busy or extremely overworked to being light and free and happy and airy. Most of us need someone to walk us across that bridge. And if you're lucky, it's a little bridge out in nature with a stream and lily pads below, and it only takes a minute to cross. But most of us, we're talking about a big suspension bridge <laughs> high above a big body of water that we need to traverse. And we're not necessarily deeply skilled at that. I have hired professional upon professional and I've had great results. I wouldn't be here today if I hadn't done that. So I, I recommend that you look into the philosophers, the therapists, the Reiki masters, the yoga gurus, the nutritionists, the writing coaches. Oh, dare I leave that out? 
look into the professionals that you might need to help you get across that bridge. It's really important that you stay open, that you stay willing, because you are making a transformation. You're going from one far and distant way of living to another distant, unique way of living. I just want to tell you, it is unique to get to have the creative time that most of us crave. Most people settle for what they think they have to do. It's why we, we stay in busyness. It's not necessarily why we start there, but it's often why we stay there. So think about who. Who is it that might help you really embrace turning this around for yourself and allowing you allowing you to be creative and expressive in the manner that you want to be in the world, even though you know it's not going to happen overnight. You are going to have to invest some time, some dollars, some restructuring. But as you pull back the, the big covers over your fears and some of the busyness falls away, you're going to have a desire to pull them back even more. Mm -hmm. Nice sip of water. That's just how it works. I want to tell you about a, a story that sometimes I share here. I often share it in classes. Today, I was even sharing it on Facebook. And this is, this is one of my busy stories. And it's probably the longest lived one I ever got to experience. And that is that for 50 years, I, I didn't know how to swim. And I could even tell you that I, I didn't want to know how to swim. To me, it was just too scary to even think about it. And so I kept myself very busy. I kept myself away from great big waves. I Sometimes I didn't even want to be around the sound of the water. I always enjoyed looking at it. I loved watching boats cross it. I loved knowing that I didn't have to go into it, but the thought of getting in a bathing suit or just having water going up in my nose, yeah, that was way too much for me. And I was, I was skilled at saying, ah, swimming, it's just not my sport. It's not what I do. And there came a time when I just, I just became sad that so many other people were enjoying being in the water and swimming. And I had to admit that I just didn't know how. And I, up until then, there, there was a part of me that thought, but I'm, I'm just too busy to take that on. That, that, would, that would involve too much, you know, to learn how to swim. Oh my gosh, that would just be, oh, probably take me 10 years to get that down. And so I stayed very good at being busy, being a professional, being a teacher, being a scholar, being a researcher, being a writer, being, you know, being whatever I could be um, and getting out of, 
even looking over in the direction of the swimming pool. But it really, it really started to gnaw at me. So somewhere around age 50, I, I had a bit of an awakening where I realized, I know I'm scared, but I think I'm more scared than I want to admit. And, and I realized, no, I'm, I'm deathly terrified. I have this desire to learn how to swim, but it's not that I'm scared. It's that I'm deathly <laughs> terrified. And then I started to think about things that I had actually survived since I, I didn't think I would survive swimming. I, I thought if I got anywhere near a pool, I would drown in seconds. But I noticed, you know, I've survived some pretty scary jobs out there in the world that I got tangled up in. And I've survived some nutty people. I've survived some crazy injuries. Oh, my goodness. Um, I've even survived long periods of uh, partial unemployment that really, really took me down. And through some of those more terrifying moments, um, even, even when I think about like giving public speeches, that doesn't scare me one bit anymore. But, but if I think back, there was a time where it just shook me right down to my knees. So there is this possibility of transforming. I knew that was possible. But how do you overcome? See, when you think about words like overcome, you think about something you should be able to do in a minute or in a day. And I knew staying busy wasn't going to serve me through this. And I knew I was really growing sick of the idea of not having any fun in pools and at the ocean because I really do love watching it all. So I, I went looking for a mentor. I became willing. And I looked for a professional, high-quality swim instructor. And really, meeting this person, this is something that changed my life because I knew I would have to put all of my trust in him. All of my trust. Because the only way I was going to, in my eyes, stay safe in water was if I did what he told me. Otherwise, in my eyes, I was just going to drown. The interesting thing is that lesson after lesson, I noticed he was never afraid of anything. And I was repeatedly afraid of the things we had to do. He had this solid way about him. He was experienced in the water. He had spent 30 years in the water. And I was like a preschool child. But what was really interesting about swimming is that it only took a couple of lessons to go from being someone who can't swim to someone who can float and do a stroke. And therefore, I'm a swimmer. And at that point, I didn't want any excuses. I didn't want to be too busy. I wanted to create this almost 
abundant ability within myself to do whatever stroke I could, to be in any body of water, to go anywhere. It's like I was just lit up from the inside. And the interesting thing is that my tear started to fade into just, oh, this is challenging. This isn't terrifying. And because of that, I had no interest in being too busy. Now, I had to live 50 years, 50 years before I took that on, before I was willing to be creative in that area. But if I had not been willing to hire that professional and jump in the pool, I'd still be living in that 50 years of fear story. And I'm not anymore. I'm not. And sometimes that's how it is for anyone that wants to create anything. Something simple to something really, really grand. Some people want to create a two-paragraph article. Some people want to create a museum full of art and many, many other things. My father has built more than one house in his lifetime. I find that to be an absolute miracle. He finds it as a pleasure that comes with a lot of responsibility and it's worth it. It allows him to be creative. What is it that's going to let you be creative? If you're willing to step into it, if you're willing to think about the professional that's going to help walk you through it and traverse across that bridge, you could start as soon as today. And if what you're thinking about is a book or a blog or a brand, I am one of those professionals that would love to have a conversation with you about that. Whatever it is, my friend, that you are thinking of biting off, be willing to lay down some of that busyness to just feel what it's like to be creative again and let that momentum carry you forward. Please be in touch if you have more questions about this. I'm here every Thursday to talk with you about topics around the stories of your life. Until next Thursday, namaste, my friends.